Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 254 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, with me once again this week from RedsMinorLeagues.com, RedLegNation.com, The Man, Doug Gray. How are you today, Doug? I'm doing pretty good, Chad. How about yourself? I'm doing uh, incredibly well because baseball started. Did you notice that? I did. I was actually very excited about that. I don't know if anybody knows me or anything, but I really do like baseball. Um, yeah, so I, I spent about seven hours yesterday watching games, um, including the Reds game, which was awesome, even though it ended in a tie. But, you know, it's spring training. It doesn't really matter. As long as everybody got through it healthy, that's all that matters. But it's still fun to watch. Absolutely. But you you just said the Reds tied, so what you're telling me is the Cincinnati Reds remain undefeated. That's what I heard. That's, ex- that's exactly what I'm telling you. All right. So spring training going well. It was fun to watch. It was interesting to see uh, uh, Matt Kemp-Homer. Um, watch Joey Votto ground out. Uh, why is, why does Joey Votto suck? I mean, I, I think it's because Twitter says he sucks. That's, that, that, that's what I picked up. That's true. That's true. Uh, well, let me just, uh, so that, uh, you understand why we're here today. This is a bonus episode of the podcast. We actually uh, dropped our regularly scheduled weekly episode a day early this week, and that was due to some scheduling problems, uh, that, some issues that I had in uh, in my my life, and that's the first time in months and months that I've had to, we've not dropped one on Friday morning. So I thought, why not? Uh, I've been meaning to talk to Doug anyway. Let's uh, let's get him on and uh, and talk about some things and just toss in a bonus podcast over the weekend. So here we are. Uh, before we dig deeply into what's going on with the Reds. I want to uh, thank those of you who have supported us over at Patreon, patreon.com slash redlegradio. We, you know, we talked about that a little bit on the last podcast. I'm not going to belabor this uh, every week, but I do want to thank some of you that uh, have supported us. And uh, the really the early response was was uh, really gratifying. And thank you so much to those of you that came over and decided to support um Red Lake Nation Radio and what we're trying to do. I'm already making some plans about uh, things to do if we can continue to get support. And uh, so I want to thank him. We'll thank some of you uh, by name here in just one moment. But Doug, you're also, you've been uh, on Patreon for a while now. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts about that whole platform and, and, and how can how can fans support you there as well? I mean, I, I love Patreon. I, I think this will be my third year. Maybe it's my second year on Patreon. I don't know. I'm, I'm old, Chad. I forget time. It doesn't work for me anymore. But, no, Patreon's great. Um, it, from my end of things, it just makes getting the content to everybody much easier. Um, you know, I with, with the podcast, you know, everybody kind of has that subscription feed already. So that it might, might not be quite the same for the podcast as it is for what I do with the Reds Minor League stuff. Um but it definitely made my life a lot easier. I, I love Patreon. I, I mean, realistically, I, I think that it's really been 
game-changing for a lot of people in the, I mean, I, I hate to use this term, but, you know, the content creation world, uh, depending on, you know, how you do it. I mean, podcasting, people like me that go out and write every day, and they, they don't have that traditional, you know, company backing their work. It, it, it really does just give more people an opportunity to kind of just really commit themselves to doing things uh, because, you know, people do enjoy what a lot of people do. I mean, clearly... People love this podcast, except for when I'm on it. I, I'm sorry, guys, but and, and so you know, just being able to you know give a few dollars here or there to just support that, keep it going, um, it, it, it's great. I, I love it. Um, for those who don't really know about my Patreon, it's just Patreon.com/slash Reds Minor Leagues. Um, I every morning during the season, you get an email in your inbox, um, kind of giving you a rundown on what happened in all the games the night before. Uh, rundown on the top 25 prospects with special notes and stuff that you're not going to get on the site. Um, yeah, just a little thank you kind of thing for, for supporting the site. So that's that's my sales pitch. Uh, take it. Don't take it. That's fine. I appreciate you either way. So yeah, there you go. That's uh, <laughs> that's sort of the, what, the point I want to get across for those of you who didn't hear the last podcast. Uh, it, whether you support us at Patreon or not, this uh, the weekly podcast is going to be available every Friday. Uh, for free, it's in your podcast feeds. Uh, if you subscribe for free, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, we're there, um, and that's going to remain the same. What uh, this, what the Patreon uh, is allowing us to do is to cover my out-of-pocket costs, frankly, and then to the extent that we go and get any more than that, it's going to be used to. I'm already planning some some fun things, live podcasts, things like that, at. Uh, for Red Lake Nation Radio, and just to keep us going and uh, give you a chance to be part of the uh, a part of the community. But you don't have to you don't have to spend one red cent to be part of this community. We're happy to happy to have you. I do want to you know one of the one of the tiers that you can if you're if you're a Joey Votto Club or higher Patreon patron. One of the benefits, I guess, if you call it a benefit, is that you, your name gets uh, shouted out on the podcast. And I want to go ahead and just run through a few of those. And thank you specifically for supporting us at patreon.com slash redlegradio. Uh, Jeff Tingler, my man. Thank you so much, buddy. Joseph Prince, Adam McIntyre, Mike Hudson. And if you follow Mike Hudson on Twitter, you will know that uh, Mike Hudson sucks. He, Mike Hudson came to one of our uh, uh, book signings. You know, I wrote a book, uh, the, the Big 50. The Big 50. Anyway, Mike, appreciate it, buddy. Ethan Price, thank you so much. John Bina, I don't know if that's really your name, John. If that's if you have some other name other than that, um, let me know what it is, and we'll uh, we'll shout out your real name. Uh, Woo the Reds, I think you're uh, familiar with Woo the Reds from Twitter.com, Doug. I've been familiar with a few of these names so far. Yeah, if uh, uh, Woo, if you want, have a real name you want us to shout out, uh, we will. If not. Uh, you need to message us if so. If not, uh, Woo the Reds, thank you so much. Clint Little and Richard Pratt. Clint, Richard, thank you so much, guys, for supporting us on Patreon um, at the Joey Votto Club level or higher. Now, there are a few of you who haven't gotten your names shouted out yet, although I did shout out most of them, I think, last week uh, or on our last podcast. Um, they throw you in my feed to be thanked once you actually uh, a payment has gone through. And so... Um, but thanks to everybody. It's just uh, uh, it's been so much fun to watch you guys uh, support the podcast 
over the years and, and now specifically with, uh, with Patreon. Now, that's the last thing I want to say about that uh, today other than thanking those guys. Now, uh, how about baseball? Real Reds baseball. But Nick Senzel didn't play yesterday, and uh, he's not going to play today either. Uh, what is Nick Senzel, have they given up on him? Is he a bust, Doug? Uh, you know, I, I think they actually cut him yesterday morning. No, um, don't say that. So oh here, my here, here, here's some good news. He's not playing today. Uh, he is scheduled to play in center field tomorrow, and tomorrow that game is going to be yes, tomorrow being Monday, and that game is going to be available to watch on television. It's going to be on MLB Network on a one hour delay. If you've got MLB TV, it's going to be live. So I'm I'm very happy that we're going to get a chance to see that actually happen. With our own eyes, we don't have to just fall on the radio and kind of guess it how he's playing. We'll all get to see it, and that, I'm, I'm excited about that, Chad. And he's playing center field, evidently, right? Is that what I understand? Yes, yes, he's going to be playing center field. Uh, apparently, David Bell said this morning that they wanted to give him an extra few days to track live baseballs. Which, I mean, to me, that's a little bit weird, just because I mean the guy's been out there since December in in Goodyear learning to play center field. He's been tracking live fly balls for two plus months, almost three months at this point. Did, did he really need an extra two days? I mean, I don't know. I, I, it's spring training. I'm overthinking things. But when, when I saw that quote, I just kind of laughed to myself like, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, that's okay. going to make the difference, right? <laughs> um, but whatever. They know them more than we do. But it, it sort of does lead to the question that I've – everyone knows my opinion on this, and so I don't need to belabor it too much. But the question that we've discussed on a number of podcasts, which is uh, Nixon Zell on the opening day roster, what, Doug, what are your thoughts on whether the Reds and, and Red Leg Nation? I got to give you credit, man. Uh, you have uh, arranged, organized a pretty good debate back and forth on that question. And if you've not read all those uh, posts at redlegnation.com, you should go check all of them out um, on what the Reds should do in terms of Nixon's L on the opening day roster. I don't believe you wait, have weighed in at Red Leg Nation. I think you have on Twitter. What are your? Why don't you tell us what your thoughts are? I mean, it seems that there's a lot of varying opinions on this one. I'll be honest. Uh, from the red standpoint, I get why they would quote unquote manipulate the service time. I mean, I, I get it. It it makes sense from a businessy standpoint if you really want to think about it. At the same time, I, I can't get on board with it. Uh, the the Reds would have called him up last year had he not gotten hurt. And I don't want to say they were lucky that Nick Senzel got hurt because clearly they weren't lucky that Nick Senzel got hurt. That's a really stupid thing to say. Uh, but if you're gonna really look at the service time aspect of it, they got lucky in that sense because they didn't lose that year. Um, you know, This year, they're, they're quote-unquote going for it. Now, they're not quote-unquote all-in. I keep quoting and unquoting things. I'm going to stop that now. But, Please do. You know, they're, they're all-in. Do air quotes that we can't see. Oh, I've, I've been doing them, but you, <laughs> you couldn't see them. That's true. Um, but, you know, the Reds, are, they're going for it this year. They they met, they went out and they've made trades to shore up the rotation. They've shored up the outfield. Heck, I mean I'm not even sure they've got enough room for the the guys they've got in the outfield right now. Um, Nick Sinzel is the top prospect in the organization. The National League Central is a very tight race. I mean right now Baseball Prospectus has the Cubs finishing in last place. Uh, I think that if you asked around, there's a lot of people that would just say. Just as easy to say, the Cubs are going to finish in first place this year. Sure. I mean, that, that's kind of how close this division is. Even if you're just talking two weeks, if Nick Senzel is the best center fielder on this team, two weeks can make a difference between being in the playoffs and not being in the playoffs. One or two games, and you know, I've, I've seen the argument, well, you know, 
he's not going to be worth one or two wins. And people look at wins and war in the same way, and that's not really how that works. Uh, I mean, it, it, it just isn't. And if Nick Senzel's one of the best 25 guys, put him on the roster. I mean, just do it. The difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs in terms of money for an organization is huge. It's huge. Don't worry about that extra money. Don't worry about what's going to happen in 2025 at this point in time. We have no idea what's going to happen in 2025. Um, you know, I, I think that there were some really good points brought up that, you know, the collective bargaining agreement could be completely blown up and changed. Um, and even if it's not, I, I still don't care. I, I just, I, at this point, I don't care about 2025. Well, absolutely, and, it's, and not that the Reds shouldn't have a, some eye towards the future, and clearly they do uh, in terms of a number of decisions they've made, but that's my that's, those are my thoughts, you know. And, I, again, I'm not going to belabor them much more because I've been saying them forever, but this is a year where we've suffered through four consecutive 90-plus loss seasons. I want to see the best 25 guys on the roster from day one, and um, not having Nick Senzel here hurts the team, and you're will, willingly harming the product that you're putting on the field by not having him in Cincinnati. Okay, you're doing it for sound business reasons. I can buy that argument. But you are willingly harming your your team, your current team. And uh, I don't think the Reds can can afford to do that. In, it's just two weeks. Well, okay. They play games in those two weeks. And those games count towards the standings. So I'm absolutely against the... Uh, the Reds sending uh, Nick Senzel down. As you said, he would have been here. It wouldn't even been a question if he hadn't gotten hurt last year or if the Reds hadn't screwed around with him at the beginning of the season when uh, Eugenio Suarez got hurt early last year. But uh, if they do it again this year, I'm telling you, uh, you could not, if I were Nick Senzel and they screwed around with me again this year, it would be a grudge that I would hold for the rest of my career, frankly. And, and hopefully he's not as petty as, as I am. But uh, if he's good enough, you may just have to pay him for that extra year, quote-unquote, that we, that we hear uh, talked about at the end of that uh, time. Just pay him what he's going to be worth, and then, you know, everyone's happy. Yeah, I mean, if you have to end up paying Nick Senzel $26 million for that last year, well, you know what that means? He was really stinking good. Exactly. And are you really going to be that upset that you've got to pay a 29- or 30-year-old Nick Senzel to be an all-star caliber player? Probably not. You're probably not going to be too upset about that in 2025 or 2024 or, or however it works out. Yeah, somebody be complaining, though, that we could have got him cheaper as if it were well, coming yeah, out of their well. pocket. All right, so uh, Nick Senzel is going to play, and I'm really eager to watch, uh, see how that goes, and uh, really eager to see what happens once uh, spring tra training ends and we get into the regular season, see where he is. Uh, and, and a lot of that may be dependent on what he looks like in center field. We're getting some good reports, but then on the other hand, who knows? Uh until we actually see him play. So talking about how that roster is going to be composed, there's been a really good debate, uh, certainly on Twitter, and you can follow us at Red Leg Radio. Uh, I'm at Dotson C. He's at DougDirt24 on Twitter.com, if that's your thing. But a really good uh, discussion, debate, over how the roster, and specifically the bench, are going to be constructed. And that's because uh, Jose Iglesias is now a member of the Reds. You know, there were some rumors the Reds were talking with uh, Iglesias. He's a free agent. Uh, has been with the Tigers, and then uh, Trent Rosecrans walks into the uh, the clubhouse the next day, and there's no announcement about Iglesias, but he does have a jersey hanging up in there and has a locker, and uh, and so, but it did uh, later become official, and so the Reds have signed Jose Iglesias uh, specifically to be a backup 
shortstop, and I think it's a great signing. Really happy about it. Uh, Iglesias, of course, if you don't know, he's the guy that was uh, such a good shortstop that the Tigers felt that they could trade uh, Eugenio Suarez to Cincinnati for the bloated corpse of Alfredo Simon. And thanks uh, for that, by the way. Just, you're, you're welcome. Yeah. I had to had to throw that in. <laughs> and, uh, and now Iglesias and Suarez are both with the Reds, and Suarez, you know, has some some real value, especially as a bench guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. Um, but wait, were you? Did you actually mean Suarez? Was that not a joke? Or oh, was no, that I mean, a did joke? I say Suarez? You mean, Igle- <laughs> you mean Iglesias? <laughs> yes, Suarez yeah, does have like, some value. Yes, he he really would be a good player to have off your bench. <laughs> if, you're, if you're good enough that Ayane with Suarez is coming off your bench, you're pretty. Print good. those World Series tickets now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, Jose Iglesias, uh, you know, uh, what are your thoughts about this? Uh, to me, this is a. It, it raises some questions about what the Reds are going to do with their bench, uh, but uh, to me, this is a great uh, signing. Some more talent added to this organization. I mean, yeah, Jose Iglesias is a starting caliber shortstop in Major League Baseball. I mean, if if you rank the thirty best shortstops in Major League Baseball, he's in the top thirty. Uh, I, I cannot believe that he signed a minor league deal, and then the fact that he signed with the Reds, who don't really even have a competition for shortstop or second base. Like I. I I love it for the Reds. I can't figure out how this worked out for the Reds, though. I, I, I can't do it. He's he's an outstanding backup. I mean, he might be the best backup shortstop in in Major League Baseball this year, uh, if, as long as we're not including guys that are you know top prospects that are sitting down in Double A AA or Triple A. They're going to come up at some point later in the year. Yeah, he's, I mean, it, he's a you know two two and a half win player, and uh, I, I I know he can't hit. <laughs> he doesn't hit very well. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a little bit better than Billy Hamilton as a hitter. Like, it, he's, he's not really a guy that you're thinking, oh, this guy's going to be a guy we're going to put somewhere uh, other than the 7-8-9 spot in our lineup, depending on what day it is. But if he's but, willing to sign a minor league contract, I'm surprised, uh, like you, that he, so, there wasn't another landing spot for him, uh, other than a team that has a young shortstop that's uh, seemingly entrenched. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, I've seen uh, national writers just openly question, what were the Pittsburgh Pirates doing here? Like how how is he not their starting shortstop today? Because he's clearly better than their options, and yet he signed with a division rival as a backup with no real clear path to playing time. So I don't I, I don't get. I'm glad the Reds brought him in. I, I think he's a a great pickup. He's going to make the team better. Uh, but just from a Jose Iglesias standpoint, I don't understand what he was thinking. Well, from his standpoint, you got to think this was the best option, which is a bizarre uh, set of circumstances. But from the Reds' perspective now, the bench is awfully crowded, especially when you consider that David Bell reiterated this week that he intends to keep just a four-man bench. I think that's too many pitchers. They don't need that many pitchers on their on their staff because that'll that'll be a thirteen-man pitching staff. But if if there's only going to be four people on this bench. I don't know how the numbers work there, Doug. You know, I mean, I, mean, I don't either. It, it, it's really strange to kind of look at the options that the Reds have and figure out how it works. Um, let's, let's, let's play this out. You've got to have a backup catcher, which means you've got three spots left on your roster for Matt Kemp, Derek Dietrich, Jose Iglesias, Philip Irvin, Scott one Shebler, of, presumably. Well, I say one, one of Jesse Winker and Scott Shebler. Right. Like, I mean, the, the numbers do not really work at, at, at a four-man bench. Uh, now, it is worth noting that David Bell 
when he does keep mentioning this 13-man pitching staff slash four-man pitch, he says most of the year he envisions that. Uh, so I, I think there's a chance that we could start off the season with, you know, seeing the Reds have a five-man bench uh, where the numbers work out a little bit better. But it, really, at that point, you're just kind of pushing your decision a little bit forward into the season. Um, it, even if it is just most of the season, you're going to see that. I mean, that's I, you're, you're going to have to make a decision at some point to either cut someone or, you know, send a guy like Scott Shebler back to AAA. Like, I... I I mean, I don't get me wrong. Having depth is great, and it's been a very long time since we could look at the Reds bench and go, "Hey, uh, this is this." There's not really a, a, a weak spot on this bench, um, but the Reds are gonna have some really tough decisions to make when it comes to figuring out how to make this bench work. Yeah, essentially three spots, if you uh, don't include uh, Kirk Casale, who, presuming health, if he's healthy, will be the backup catcher. If not, we'll see what the Reds do with that. But um, Cal Farmer, or, or I don't know if Connor Joe can handle it, but so that leaves three spots on a four-man bench. And let me just tell you something. Scott Shebler, assuming Jesse Winker's a starter, you can flip those if you want. But Scott Shebler is not a minor leaguer. Matt Kemp is not a minor leaguer. Jose Iglesias is not a minor leaguer. Derek Dietrich is not a minor leaguer. There's four guys right there. Philip Irvin, you know, is a legit, uh, certainly at least a bench bat, uh, in the big leagues, I mean, and, what about what about Alex Blandino? Alex Blandino is. I mean, he he may not be healthy ready to start the year, but I mean, he's expected to be healthy at some point in April. I mean, it. He's a legit bench the, guy. Yeah, I, it, it's it's, and then you've got Connor Joe, who you just mentioned. He's a Rule Five draft pick. If he doesn't make the team, you've got to send him back. You kind of you. I mean, again, in the terms of Major League Baseball, a hundred thousand dollars is nothing, but you spend a hundred thousand dollars to kind of look at this guy and. Realistically, unless there are multiple injuries, he he has no shot at making this team. Yeah, it's 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 strange. Now, a couple things: They're, they could still be working on d- different trades. We don't know. That's I still true. think there's a uh, not insignificant chance that they just cut Matt Kemp. I, I, maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking uh, too outside the box, but I think there's a chance they just cut him and move on. Um, and the other thing is, uh, you know, who knows. Who knows what this uh, team is going to look like come opening day. If Nixon Zell's not here, that's an extra spot that's open. Um, there's a lot of things that have to happen, but I guess it's never a bad thing to have too many quality players, but I st- I'm having a difficult time seeing how the Reds are going to work all this out. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be surprised if the Reds just outright cut Matt Kemp, because if you're going to cut him, that means you're eating the salary. And I think if they're willing to eat the salary, they can make a trade. Not that they'd get much back at all. But I, I think that somebody would take him if the Reds were just going to eat the salary. Well, it'll be interesting to see if he's uh, they try to slip him through waivers and someone claims him and then they work out some kind of a deal. We'll see. Um, so yesterday was the uh, the first uh, spring training game for the Reds, as we discussed, and uh, Sonny Gray got the, uh, the the spring training opening day start. Right? That's that's what I remember seeing in the news that Sonny Gray, the new. Uh, the new pitcher just signed to a long-term deal uh, by the Reds uh, in, after being traded from the Yankees, or really as part of that trade, they worked out the uh, the extension. Uh, how'd he do in his first start uh, in a Reds uniform, Doug? Uh, I've got some bad news for you, Chad. Oh, no. Sonny Gray was scratched from that start and didn't make it because he's having some elbow tenderness. Um, that doesn't That doesn't sound good. 
Uh, it does not. Um, but there is there is some slight good news with that. Um, the Reds don't expect it to be an actual issue, and he was doing uh, workouts yesterday instead of pitching. Uh, now, we've seen how this has played out in the past before, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but it, it at least right now, it doesn't seem serious. The Reds don't seem concerned about it. Um so okay, and 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 maybe <sighs> and maybe we should not be concerned about it, and maybe the Reds are really not concerned about it. I mean, that's all that I have no evidence of anything other than it just being something minor, and you know we'll all have forgotten about it in a couple of weeks. I, there really is no indication of anything other than that. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to be uh, the old cynical Chad because I've heard all this before, and that doesn't mean that just because it was this way with other pitchers that it's going to be this way with Sonny Gray, but. Gray says, it's nothing I'm overly worried about. I'll start throwing in the next couple of days, just so there's no reason to push it right now. Oh, my goodness, how many times have we heard that over the years? 74,000. 74,092 times. I mean, it, to be fair, Chad, and this this is me making a, a very big leap here, at least it's not what's going on with Clayton Kershaw, where he was shut down indefinitely with some sort of arm injury. They don't even know what's wrong with his arm. They just know that it's not working right, it doesn't feel right, and, well, he's just shut down indefinitely. I, I still say, though, if you had Clayton Kershaw and you decided to just let him pitch with his right hand, he'd still be part of the number two starter on the Reds. I could, I could see that. <laughs> but he's, he's pretty good. You're right. There's there's no evidence for us to panic uh, about Sunday Gray. There's nothing really there. But, man, if, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, I won't be fooled again. Uh, whatever the uh, the famous no, I, quote is, I'm I'm pretty sure that was right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've just seen it too many times, and so until I see him on the mound throwing without uh, any discomfort whatsoever, I'm going to be a little bit skeptical. But but let's be honest, there really truly is no actual evidence that we have uh, from outside the organization because he has been doing his workouts. He's not showing any of the other signs that. It, just a little stiffness, and uh, he'll, you know, he'll, he'll pitch again here in the next uh, week or so, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't read it, and then it kind of tense up for a second, just because, well, Cincinnati Reds. Um, but yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully it's, it's nothing, and we'll we'll find out soon enough because he is scheduled to start throwing again here shortly. And when all five of the Reds' presumed starters get injured here in spring training, we've always got Tim Adelman who just uh, re-signed a, a minor league deal with the Reds, huh? Tim Allen, yeah, well, two yeah. years ago, through the most innings of any red starter, he's tanned, rested, and ready. I mean, I can't, I can't, you know, speak to the tan part, but he probably is rested and ready. I hope so. Good old Timmy Adelman from Georgetown University. Um, now going back, just circling a tiny bit back to what we were talking about with the bench, I want to get your thoughts about uh, Michael Lorenzen. Is is the fact that we're talking about a 13-man, this has been proposed as well. I've been very skeptical that the Reds are actually going to give Michael Lorenz any kind of an expanded role. I think, I think he'll pinch hit a little bit more. They may leave him in the game twice this season after he's pitching the eighth inning and let him play defense in the ninth at, in, uh, in the outfield. But is there, a, is there an argument to be made that the Reds going with a four-man bench means that they're going to have to give Lorenzen sort of an expanded role. Does that make make any sense? I mean, the the idea in theory makes sense, but the idea in practice on the Reds, I just don't it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, with 
how I mean we just discussed how many outfielders the Reds have and they don't have enough playing time for them already. Well, the idea would be to play Michael Lorenzen in the outfield. Well, they already don't have enough spots for the outfielders they do have who are actual outfielders and don't get me wrong, Michael Lorenzen's a I mean he might be the best athlete out of all of them. But he also hasn't played the outfield in like 5 years. Um he's not really going to get too much practice playing the outfield and when it comes to pinch hitting, I mean, Michael Lorenzen's a great hitter for a pitcher. He's not a better hitter than Matt Kemp, Scott Shebler, Nick Senzel, Jesse Winker. Like, he's just not going to be. And so when you're talking about, you know, using him as a pinch hitter, on a given day, he's your third or fourth best option at best coming off the bench as a pinch hitter. Uh, so I, I, I just I, I don't see the, the whole, you know, two-way player kind of thing with Michael Lorenzen. I do think that he'll get more chances to pinch hit. Um just because he'll pinch hit for the pitcher he's replacing. He'll get a few more at-bats because maybe he'll you know, stay in the game and hit for himself rather than being switched out for a pinch hitter uh, like your other relievers would be. But if he gets more than 100 at-bats this year, I'd be shocked. If he spends more than 25 innings in the field this year, I'd be shocked. It, just with the way this roster looks, it, it, it doesn't make sense. In different scenarios on different teams, I could see it happening a little bit differently. With the way this team's built, I, I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I just I have a difficult time, and I've been a proponent of using uh, Michael Lorenzen in different uh, different ways for a long time. The truth of the matter is, they probably should have when he was drafted. You know, probably about half the teams that were looking to draft him planned on him being a center fielder. I mean, he was it wasn't uh, surefire that he was an outfielder. And a matter of fact, that uh, MLB's website he was listed as an outfielder on draft day in their draft preview uh, section. So yeah, I mean, he he was a he was a first second round kind of center field prospect. I mean, depending on who you asked, there were plenty of teams that liked him a lot more as a center yeah. fielder than as a closer. Absolutely. And so if the Reds had been uh, not been the, the same old-school Reds we've always seen back when they drafted him, if they had been creative in the minor leagues all the way up through, had him playing center field and, and pitching and doing something like we see with uh, – I mean, certainly he's not uh, Shohei Otani or uh, ah, the kid who went to college at Louisville that's with the Rays now. Uh, uh, Brendan McKay. McKay, right. Um, you know – there were there was an opportunity at one point. Now I just I'm not sure I see how it works. Uh, although, frankly, we've not seen Lorenzen uh, taking fly balls. He may be the best defensive center fielder on the team. I think you could, would not actually wouldn't surprise me if that were the case. Um, but in terms of being a hitter, he can hit the ball a long way when he runs into one. I still am sort of small sample size on what he can actually produce. If he were, I think he might get exposed if he were uh, allowed to hit too much more. But I'm okay with them however they want to expand that role. I don't see it being much different than what we've seen. But uh, he's not going to be your best pinch hitter. But I don't have a problem with him getting more pinch hit spots. I'd rather have him pinch hitting than uh, Jose Iglesias, for example. So Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, uh, I don't mind him being in that mix. But it's they keep we keep hearing these rumblings, though, that uh, they're going to think outside the box with him and really use him in, in strange and new ways. And I'm, I don't know. I, again, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to expand much on that. You kind of you, you nailed it for me. As always, um, staying in the bullpen. What about this guy Amir Garrett? You heard of him? I have heard of Amir Garrett. Yes. <laughs> he tweeted this week that he got contacts, and that the doctor said it's going to improve his strikeouts. As I should see the glove better. Definitely got better today. LOL. And then uh, you drew the logical conclusion from that in a piece you wrote at RedLegNation.com, which is. 
Reds reliever Amir Garrett is going to strike out everyone in 2019. Are you willing to stand by that prediction, Doug? Uh, yes. Yes, I am. But no. Uh, that, that, you know, Amir Garrett, he missed a lot of bats last year. I mean, he, he finished second on the team in strikeout percentage, barely behind Rysel Iglesias. Um, but I, I do think that we could see a strikeout rate go up because, you know, he, while Amir Garrett didn't have a walk problem, so to speak, I mean, that, that's the one area he can improve upon is cutting down on the walks a little bit. I feel like being able to see a little bit better might might help with that. And if Amir Garrett's going to throw a little, a few more strikes, he's probably going to rack up a few more strikeouts. And com- well, and combine that with another year of experience and just the expected improvement you would, would expect to see from someone at his age. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up closing a lot of games this year. Yeah, no, that wouldn't be surprising at all, especially since you know they. I mean, they've said they've got kind of a, a different outlook for how they're going to use Rysel Iglesias in a non-traditional closers role. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to use Iglesias like that, but you still kind of want one of those lockdown closer types. I mean, Amir Garrett might be that guy uh, on any given day, depending on who's coming up in the ninth inning for the the opposing team. If they've got two left-handers coming up, yeah, I'm probably going to go with Amir Garrett. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Were you surprised? I, I wasn't, ultimately, and I've been banging the drum for Garrett to go back to the starting rotation. But were you surprised that Garrett wasn't among the list of, of pitchers? We already we talked on the last week's podcast, or I guess it was this week's, but our last podcast, about um, the Reds have already announced their starting rotation. But they also announced some, some other, I don't know if it's announced, but uh, Mark Sheldon of uh, MLB.com uh, reported six other names of guys that are going to get some starts this spring. Those were Brandon Finnegan, Cody Reed, Michael Lorenzen, Robert Stevenson, Sal Romano, and Tyler Malley. Were you surprised Garrett wasn't on that list? I wasn't. Um, you know, last year, Amir Garrett, it, he kind of noted that, you know, he, he likes the bullpen role. And I, I, I feel like there was something I saw in the offseason that, you know, he didn't want to rule out starting either, but he, he really did like the bullpen role. Uh, so I, I wasn't surprised to see him not listed there. I mean, I, I think that there's a chance that he could have been had the Reds not gone out and basically revamped their entire rotation. Yeah. Um, and, and there have been maybe more opportunities, but I, I with, with how things are kind of situated right now, it, it's not surprising. There, there's a lot of depth there. Um, you know, and all of the other guys started last year too. Yeah. I mean, whether it was in, in the majors or the minor leagues, like they all had a, a starters workload last season as well. Um, except for Michael Renton. And I mean, even he made more starts than, than Amir Garrett did last year. So I look at this list of guys who, uh, are going to be getting stretched out and uh, going to get some starts this spring. And it looks like the, the rotation we were hoping for two years ago, which is, um, it's sad in a lot of ways. Um, Brandon Finnegan, Cody Reed, Michael Lorenzen, Robert Stevenson, Sal Romano, Tyler Malley. I mean, and none of those with the exception of maybe Malley. And, and I think you can make a good case about Romano, ever has ever really panned out uh to this point to be what we hoped they would be but if those guys had hit their ceilings <laughs> you know that's the that's, that's sort of the rotation we were kind of hoping for maybe with Castillo thrown in there yeah and i you know that that's that's part of the reason they brought in Derek Johnson and Caleb Cotham and yeah. i mean to a lesser extent David Bell uh, you know they they seemed to understand that what they were doing wasn't working yeah we're not and so they decided to give it a a, a very very different look and hopefully method of trying to get these guys to improve and get the most out of their abilities. I, mean, I, th- I think we can all agree that if you look at just the the raw arm ability of all of those guys, they've got it. 
it's being able to take that raw ability and get it to become skill on a day-to-day basis. That, that's been the biggest issue with a lot of these guys is that consistent day-to-day or start-to-start um, you know, ability. You know, sometimes these guys will go out and they'll, they'll show it all, and then the next three times out, they really struggle. And, you know, that, that's probably the case with a lot of pitchers. The guys that are really good every time out, we call those aces, and there's there's eight of them. But, and and you know, we don't know that it was the, the fault of the Reds in their development that these guys didn't pan out. But, man, it's awfully uh, – it's, it's worth looking a different direction, I guess, right? Yeah, it is. And, you know, it, it, the game is changing, too. I mean – if you've been paying attention this spring training to national baseball writers, and I, I know that not everybody's into it nearly as much as you or I are, Chad, um, but there have been so many articles coming out about just the way that technology, specifically pitching technology, is changing the way that coaches are taking this information to to players. And I mean, I, I've seen multiple players say that they've learned more in one to two days with this with these new technologies and the way that coaches are using it to show them. Hey, this is why this pitch works for you when you throw it this way. Then, they, then they've learned in years before they had this technology available. I mean, it, it, it's it's been really refreshing to read those things and to know that the Reds are a team that are that they, they've got this technology. They brought in the guys that understand this, and obviously, there's a difference between understanding it and being able to take that and 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 use it as as a coaching tool. But uh, I, I feel that the, that's what the Reds are trying to do. Uh, so I, I'm hopeful. Uh, and maybe that's just foolish of me to be hopeful, but I'm, I'm very hopeful that the Reds are going about it in the right way and that hopefully it, it, it does work for them. No, hopeful is the exact right term, I think, frankly, because they have brought in all this technology and they are, have brought in specifically guys to convey what all this, uh, all the analytics mean to the players. That's that's you know really a big part of Caleb Cotham's actual role on the Reds coaching staff. Is to uh, you know he just he pitched for the Reds just a couple of years ago as recently as a couple of years ago you know so still a young guy and uh, uh, they brought in the uh, I can't remember the other uh, young guy they brought in uh, on the pitching side um, but anyway because I'm losing my mind in my advanced age mm-hmm. but uh, it is it's it's gratifying to see the Reds finally trying to be somewhere close to the forefront of uh, of all this this revolution in pitching mechanics and and teaching how to pitch. And uh, we can only hope it'll it'll bear fruit. I'm just glad to see the Reds doing something different than what they've done in the past. Because whether it's all the fault of uh, of the way they've developed pitchers, the fact of the, of the matter is that they have not developed pitchers very well over the last uh, five to seven years. And so something had to change, I think. And so it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I, you know, let's let's be honest, Chad. It's been a lot longer than five to seven years. We've sure. we've got we've got Johnny Cueto and Mike Leake for the last twenty five years. True. And I got Homer Bailey. I, I I shouldn't disrespect right. Homer Bailey. I, that that was a total. I just yeah, I had I had a, a brain cramp on that one. He definitely belongs in there as someone that that they developed, even though it was only for a few couple of seasons there that he was pretty good. No, but I, I think the yeah, I think that's a success in terms of development. The injury yeah. you can't uh, you can't uh, pin that on the Reds. Uh, at least not one hundred percent. I don't know. Uh, but right. Bef- <laughs> but before before those guys, uh, Tom Brown. I mean, you got you to gotta go back to the eighties. Yeah. I mean, you're, I mean, Tom Brown's probably the last one I think of that they actually developed. I mean, Brett Tomko, maybe? Yikes. Yeah, I mean, that's 
unfortunately for Reds fans, they uh, they know the pain we're feeling right now as we try and search for names here. That's that's no good. Speaking of pain, how about that Scooter Jeanette? He causes Oof. a lot of uh, headaches uh, amongst some people. A lot of people want him gone. A lot of people think he's the greatest player that ever played in Cincinnati. <laughs> I think he's a really good hitter, and I've been glad to have him with the Reds, and I am not sure there's a future for him here, but that's not because I don't like Scooter Jeanette. He was a little frustrated. We talked about this on uh, episode 253, um, but I wanted to just briefly here uh, as we start to get towards where we can close this thing out. What what were your thoughts about the fact that Scooter was uh, frustrated, I think is the right word, that he had not been offered a contract extension by the Cincinnati Reds? I mean, I'll be honest. Like I, I used a headline very similar to that, um, but it, it does need to be noted that Scooter was more frustrated that the Reds had not gotten back to him about a contract extension that he told them he wanted. Uh, he wasn't necessarily frustrated that they hadn't offered him one, um, which I mean, I'm sure he, he probably is, because who wouldn't want you know job security and knowing that, hey, I'm going to make this much amount of money over the next couple of years, and it's locked in. Like There's, there's no concern or questions there about you know what's going to happen. Um, but, I mean, I, I get it from you know, Scooter Jeanette's side of things. He wants to know what's going on with his future. And right now it's out of his hands. I think we all can understand that. We all kind of want to know what's coming, right? Sure. Yeah. And at the same time, I understand why the Reds wouldn't be overly interested in paying Scooter Jeanette to stick around right now. They've got other, at least in their mind, good options to play second base that, you know, right or wrong, they're going to be cheaper options. Uh, so it's, it's going to save them money. Um, now, the, the part that I'm totally with Scooter on, how have the Reds not gotten back to him? I mean, even if it's just to say, you know, hey, Scooter, we're not really interested. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how things go. That This could change in the future. Uh, you know, if Nick Senzel, you know, if he comes out and he plays center field and he's really good in center field, they're probably not going to move him back to second base, at least without really thinking about it, because center field's a more important position. Um, but, you know... If things change, we'll get back to you. But right now, we're not interested in that. But they haven't gotten back to him, according to him, at all. Like, they just have not said anything. And that that's really weird to me. Like, so I, I definitely understand the frustration on, on that, that point of things. Yeah, you know, I was talking with a, a, guy, a friend of mine who's a uh, he's a high school uh, baseball coach. And, uh, you know, he actually he played in, in the minors. Made it to AAA. But now he's a high school baseball coach. But what we were talking specifically about was how – um, at the high school level, you know, just in an athletic department, he's the athletic director as well, communication is so important. And uh, we're talking about local high school uh, communication. Can you imagine what it's got, got to be like uh, at the big league level? I think that that's part of a strong management team is to communicate your vision with everyone. And having a guy who's your uh, all-star second baseman sort of up in the air, I don't think that's a great thing either. I agree. And I think I would be frustrated if I were Scooter Jeanette. I think I would be frustrated – because it hadn't been offered a contract as well. But at least I feel like the Reds should let him know where they're going. If they know, and that's the other thing, you know, is Bob Castellini still, you know, how much influence? He obviously wills a lot because he signs the checks, and he loves Scooter, as has been reported. You know, Is that sort of, you know, push and pull having some effect on the communication? I don't know, but I don't – the way I put it is, if the Reds sign Scooter Jeanette for uh, you know a few more years, great, whatever. I don't have any problem with that. If they don't sign him, okay, that's fine too. If they trade him, all right, that's fine. Um, but I don't. I guess I'm like you. I don't blame Scooter for being a little bit frustrated by the way it's all playing out. 
I think I think it's reasonable for him to to be like that. Yeah, and it, it, from from what I picked up, uh, I mean, I I was not in the room, so I I don't know this, but it, it, from what I seem to have picked up from the other writers is. You know, he was asked about the situation. He didn't, you know, okay, hey guys, come over here. I've got some complaining to do. Someone asked him about it, and he opened up, and you know, he kind of, you know, answered the question and went into a little bit, maybe more details than the Reds would have liked about it. But uh, it, it wasn't a situation where he decided to just kind of go, hey guys, I've got some some things I want to say. Someone asked him about it, and he answered it, and you know, it was brutally honest. Yeah, I think that's probably a good way to describe it. All right, um, you want to go for a couple of uh, of hashtag viewer mail questions? I am in. As always, these are actual letters from actual viewers, and you're viewing them, so it is viewer mail. Exactly, and they sent it to me in the mail. Ooh, I, had I like to go that. Watch my mailbox to get it. <laughs> um, I, I intended. I told Doug before we went on the air, I intended to send a call out uh, at Patreon for patrons to ask us some questions since it was a, a bonus podcast and just give the people that have decided to to uh, to support us through Patreon a chance to ask a, a couple of questions. And I just sent that I sent that call for questions out too late. So um, we're not going to have any of those. So but we do have a few that haven't been answered uh, from our Twitter account at uh, Red Leg Radio. You can tweet at us, uh, hash brown viewer mail. Um, one is from you, you know this guy Philip Razor. Yes, my my good buddy Phil. We're we're going to be taking in spring training together later this, or well, I guess oh, later this year. Bless your heart. I know. Philip asks, "When is the podcast going daily?" Uh, I'll let you answer that one, Chad. The answer to that is when we get enough patrons supporting the podcast that I can uh, quit my day job. I will not only go daily, but we'll have a an audio podcast daily as well as a three-time weekly video podcast. That's my pledge to you once we get enough patrons so that I can quit my day job. What do you think about that, Doug Gray? I mean, I think it's a great plan. Um, good, good luck. <laughs> uh, Aaron Finney on uh, Twitter asks, Is third base in the National League the hardest position to be an all-star? Suarez, Bryant, Machado, Donaldson, Arenado, Rendon, Turner. It's stacked! Exclamation point. Hashtag viewer mail. What do you think about that question? I mean, it might be. Uh, you know, starting pitcher is also really tough because you've got five per team and you know you get five or six of them on the all-star team. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you, the third base is definitely stacked in the National League. That's That's for sure. If you ignore pitchers, I think absolutely third base is the most... Yeah. Stacked um, pitching's always. I, I look at you know. I always look at guys like Johnny Cueto. I'm like, has it only been an All Star you know twice or whatever? Um, but that's why there's so many pitchers and it's difficult to make it. Uh, before last season, I probably even said it on the podcast. I know I said it out loud uh, to friends, but I said Eugenio Suarez is going to have a great, great career as a Red, and he may never make a single All Star team. And of course, he went out and made the All Star team last year. Uh, so you never, that's right, he did. That's right. <laughs> you never know. But uh, you could be a really, really good third baseman, especially now that, uh, of course, I don't know, Machado, I think maybe playing shortstop for San Diego. Um, but you could really be good and not make the All-Star team this year. So don't get mad at Suarez if he uh, if he doesn't make it. Don't get mad at him for anything. How about that? Nah, you can get mad at him. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not allowing it. There's a lot to get mad at Eugenio uh, Suarez about. He doesn't have enough fun on the field. <sighs> That bubble he blew, it just wasn't big enough. I'm very upset. Absolutely. 
Now, here's one uh, from from our buddy Chris C on Twitter. Um, I'm not sure how to answer this one, but here you go. Hashtag viewer mail. If you were to pick current form slash former Reds to recast Star Wars movies, who are some Reds you would pick, and what characters would they play? I'm assuming Jar Jar Binks is already being played by Johnny Gomes. That's what uh, that's what Chris said. That's a <laughs> That's an interesting question, and I'm not quite sure I know how to answer that one. Well, I know for a fact that I don't know how to answer that one because <laughs> I've never seen any of the Star Wars movies, and I have—I just have a bunch of Star Trek jokes that I want to make instead, just because I—I just—I'm the worst. So stop. I'm—I'm I'm not going to do it. I said I have them and I want to make them. I didn't say I'm going to make them. No, I'm saying you've never seen the Star Wars movies. Uh, not really. Um, I've—I've. They've been on in like rooms that I've been in, but no, I've never actually watched any of them. You know, I was baffled in our last podcast because um, my buddy Bill was uh, was completely just dumbfounded by the fact that uh, my favorite basketball team had lost a big game last year. Um, and now, second podcast in a row, I'm dumbfounded. I don't know how you escape. Having watched those movies, especially you, Doug, I know you like movies. I know you uh, have watched movies. I, I have watched movies, yes. <laughs> How have you avoided those? Uh, I'm not a big sci-fi fan, and I've also got this weird thing where like, I don't watch movies that were made before I was born. Um, and yes, I understand that that makes me a total psychopath. <laughs> that's, um, pretty, that's pretty psycho. I, I mean, I'll, I'll make an exception for like baseball movies, but that's about it. Um, and so I never really got into like the Star Wars thing as a kid or anything. And by the time I'm an adult, like it just doesn't, I don't, I just don't see like it being a good use of my time. Well, I, I mean, I actually, it, I, I kind of get it because those movies, all of them are, are pretty much overrated. I've enjoyed all of them, but I grew up with them. I was a huge fan as a kid and, uh, you know, so, uh, but people are just are insane about these movies. This is going to get a nasty, uh, nasty tweet from some of our followers but you can you can all tweet me not chad <laughs> tweet 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 at me this is my fault and i'm i'm willing to take any of your terrible doug tweets over at, this like i get it i i, I totally get it at doug so, 24 well here's what i'm gonna say here's your homework doug before you're on the podcast again next time i want you to watch the best star wars movie and you're starting at the beginning episode uh, one the phantom menace okay watch that one for us is that the one that came out in like 2000 yeah, somewhere around there. I want you to watch that one, and I want you to know what you think about the pod races. And it's a, it's a just a fun tour de force. Oh, it's just exciting. You can watch young Anakin's little Annie. Oh man, I, I, I feel like I'm picking up so much sarcasm right now. No, I want you to watch that one, um, <laughs> Chris. We didn't answer your question, but you <laughs> revealed a dark, uh, a dark secret in Doug's past, and so we're going to move away from that one. Jason, not, that is that is not a secret. I, I feel like this is very, very public. <laughs> Uh, it is now. Um, I don't know how I'd miss that one. All right, let's see here. We had uh, some viewer mail here, and I somehow lost it. Good grief, Dotson. Um, well, hmm. I don't know how to operate computers. I mean, I do, but I don't, I'm not there to operate yours, so you're on your own for this one. <laughs> I'm going to pull this back up. Viewer mail, if I can. Because um, we had a good question that I wanted to get to. and Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Jason. Jason Antras. Is trading away Frank Robinson the worst trade in Reds history? 
I'm going to go with yes, because that was before free agency, and you could have just kept him yeah, rest forever. Peace, Frank Robinson. Um, I think that's the the worst trade, especially because of the legendary justification that was given by Bill mm-hmm. Lewitt Jr. at the time. He's an, he's an, Frank Robinson's an old 30. Yeah, whatever. Whatever that means. <laughs> he went on to dominate in his 30s. Um, yeah, I don't know. Frank Rob, I'm trying to think who the other contenders might be, and the only one I think of is uh, the Reds traded Billy Hamilton this year, right? That's what I that's what I read on uh, Facebook that they traded. Yes, Billy you 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 would have read that on Facebook. <laughs> uh, don't um, read the comments on Facebook. Ever. Absolutely not. All right, uh, Joseph Prince at JD Prince eight four six six asks: With a four man bench, is Connor Joe's versatility enough to overcome his inexperience and move him ahead of? Kasali. So, of course, Connor Joe, the Rule 5 guy who has to stay on the roster all year or he gets uh, has to be returned. Um, is his versatility enough to overcome his inexperience and move him ahead of Kurt Kasali? I'm going to go with no, unless Kurt Kasali's injured, which uh, that, that's a possibility. Right now, Kurt Kasali's not playing because he's still recovering from uh, off-season hip surgery. Uh, the, the Reds have stated that they believe that he'll be fine and ready to go for the uh, for, for opening day, but, uh, you know, he hasn't played yet, and until he does, you just don't know. But that's, that's the only way I can see it happening, is if Kirk Caselli's not ready to start the season. Yeah, definitely, definitely, I think. Um, and I think it wouldn't be a bad thing, I agree. If Not that I'm wishing bad things on Kirk Caselli, but, I don't know, I'd, I'd like to see if the Reds have something with Connor Joe, mostly because I love his name. You know, I I think that there might be something there with the bat. I it just yeah. I I don't I don't know that he's going to get a chance. I I just don't see a, a realistic path to him getting the kind of playing time that would be necessary for me to be like, yes, this guy's got a chance to actually be something more than you know a utility guy that gets a hundred at bats a year. Definitely. Last question from Stephen Offenbaker is a related question. Our buddy from Hawaii, also the host of the Reds Alert podcast. Um, Hash Brown viewer mail, do the Reds like Connor Joe enough to keep him instead of Casali? We've already talked about that one. But the second part is, will they send Alex Blandino down to keep uh, Derek Dietrich? And I think the answer is no, if if all things being equal. If Blandino weren't, wasn't hurt, I think Blandino goes down to keep Dietrich over those two. If, but Blandino's not going to be ready for opening day, and so really it's a moot point. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, maybe you've seen something in the past day or two that I haven't, but um, I, I have not seen where Blandino isn't going to be ready for opening day. At the same time, I haven't seen anything that says he is. Um, you know, they the last thing that I saw, and again, maybe you've seen something since then, but it was basically, you know, it's going to be cutting it close as to whether or not he's going to be ready for opening day or not. He's not ready to play in games right now, uh, but they are expecting him to play in spring training games at some point. Um, but either way, I, I it's one of those situations where. If they're trying to choose between Alex Blandito, even if he's fully healthy and ready to go, and Derek Dietrich, uh, I, it's got to be Dietrich's jobs to lose. Unless somehow, some way, the 40-man roster is completely full and they have no idea or no will to make a move because Blandino is on the roster and right now Dietrich isn't. But I, I don't think that's going to stop them from, from making that move. So, Agreed. All right. Uh we're recording this on Sunday afternoon. Going to go ahead and release it as quickly as we can. But the Oscars are tonight, Doug. The Academy Awards, and um, there is so much that I hate about the Academy Awards ceremony, and uh, I won't get into a lot of that. But I watch it every year, and I watch it this year until I get uh, 
frustrated enough to turn it off. But um, do you have any thoughts about the 2019 Oscars? And is there any particular movie that you want to that you want to see us? Do uh, you want to see have uh, some success tonight? Uh, there's only one that I'm very passionate about, and it's actually a, a film that you recently saw too. Um, I would like to see Free Solo win something for Best Documentary. Uh, I went and saw that a couple of weeks ago in IMAX, and it was absolutely incredible. The storytelling was great. The cinematography was great. I absolutely loved it. Uh, it's one of those movies that I, I saw, and I was very happy that I actually went and saw it in the theater. I, I don't think it would have been the same seeing it seeing it at home, you know, buying it off of, you know, whatever service you use to buy your movies at home. I, it was... It was beautiful, and seeing it at IMAX was great. Um, I did watch it at home, so, and I can imagine IMAX would have been gorgeous. Oh, it, it was. It, it was worth every penny that I paid. And it's a if you, it's free solo. It's a documentary about a, a rock climber, but that does not do it justice. You can go, go check it out. But uh, I agree, amazing and tense. I mean, it's really sort of you're on the edge of your seat a little bit with him throughout the uh, – uh, it's, it's, it's really, really well done. I agree. Free solo uh, hopefully will win best uh, – Best Documentary Feature at the Academy Awards. Um, the one that I'm passionate about that I don't think is going to win, but that I think should have been nominated for Best Picture, it was only nominated for Best Animated Feature, and that's Isle of Dogs. Wes Anderson's mm-hmm. uh, Isle of Dogs is the uh, most recent picture. I'm a Wes Anderson junkie. It was nominated for Best Animated. Probably not going to win that one, I don't think. It may. I don't know. But should have been nominated for Best Picture instead, instead of about four of those Best Picture nominees that had no business being being nominated. So... Anyway, I'll be watching the uh, the Academy Awards. You're probably just going to be watching uh, the Red Spring training game on a continuous loop, right? I mean, there's a chance. We'll have to see how it plays out, but, you know, probably. All right. Doug Gray, um, I think we're going to stick a pin in this one. What do you think? Sounds good to me. All right. You can follow us, as we said, at Doug Dirt, at Dawson C on Twitter. We're at Red Leg Radio. Uh, you can also follow us at Red Leg Nation on Twitter, and then go to RedLegNation.com, where uh, we've been uh, talking about the Reds pretty much every single day since 2005. Subscribe to the podcast, leave us a good rating, a good review, uh, tell your friends about us. If you like us, talk about us. If you don't like us, keep your mouth shut. Doug, always fun, buddy. It was a good time. I cannot wait for the next one. We'll have even more baseball to talk about. For Doug Gray and Connor Joe, this is Chad Dotson saying... So long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.